All right, let's do this. So, all right, let's roll. Let's do it. This is Wise Guy Talks. Wise Guy Talks. Speaking truth to power. Exposing lies. Fake news. Fighting to restore American values. American values. Release the hounds. It's time to release the hounds. You guys ready? Let's do it. Are you ready? Let's do it. Come on, man. Let's hear it. Bring it up a little bit. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. So we got Yehuda Pew Pew Jew. Did I get that right? You got that right. When the hell did you come up with Pew Pew Jew? Like, I'm not going to get a lot of blowback from that one. (laughs) I was writing a book and uh, talking to a 2A historian. And he's like, hey, man, you're like the Pew Pew Jew. And I'm like, ooh. And called my illustrator. I'm like, dude, I need a logo immediately. It has a Star of David, a gun, and the words of the Pew Pew Jew. And then from there, it just launched. If you guys want to hear more, come back. We'll be back in like, I don't know, 32 seconds. So this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of show tonight. Uh, this is going to be episode 77. And we're going to call it the Pew Pew Jew. I don't know. Isn't that what, you, what we decided? Do you think that'll work? I like it. Okay. And, and Danny, he is, we're going to be kind of doing something really different tonight. He's got his own program. The name is? The Dima Show. The Dima Show. How'd you come by Dima, by the it's way? It's my real name in Russian. Oh sure gosh. for Dimitri. So you're, let's see if I get this right. You're Russian, Jewish, Californian, living in Texas. Correct. That's right. In, yeah. in a racist town of South Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I've got my other Jewish friend over here, another one that's taken such a big chance to be in this Ku Klux Klan infiltrated community. Correct. South Lake. Oh I'm my surprised gosh. they even let him drive in here. Oh, it's amazing. Did they stop you at the gate? Did they frisk you? I was wearing a camo yarmulke at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fine. <laughs> a camo yarmulke. Anybody doesn't know what a, a yarmulke is, it's basically this hat without that. So what did they do at this part of the hat, by the way? I'm just curious. They don't come with that. <laughs> you know, so a lot of my Jewish friends from New York are very industrious, and I'm just surprised that somebody hadn't come up with that yet because I'm thinking that could be a whole new business line, a whole new fashion line. I, the, I, I do. I, I sell them on my website. Do the, you really? What the bill? The, the pube. Oh, not with the bill. Not with the bill. <laughs> I, don't, I have hats. I do have hats on my website, but I do sell camo yarmulkes on yeah. my website. I love it. And uh, the yarmulke means your deference to God. Isn't it right? Pretty much. I mean, it, it, it's a, it stems from two different words. It comes from Yura and Malka. Yura means the fear. Malka means the king. So the idea behind it is if I'm at a 7-Eleven and I see a Snickers bar and I don't want to pay for it, and I want to kind of, you know, kind of just slip it in the pocket, just remember God's above you. You know, you should always fear the king. He's always so, watching. So he sees everything. Yeah. So are you're considered, uh, are you Hasidic? Oh, no. No, I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew, but not Hasidic. What's the difference for our viewers that uh, may have grown up Baptist like myself? Um, it's just a different sect of Ju- Judaism. You know, they kind of interpret some of the things differently than what I do. Yeah. Pretty much. Danny, what you got for us? Well, so jumping right in. First of all, Yehuda, thanks so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it, and I'm really excited to chat with you because when, when the Colleyville situation happened, and I think we'll dive right into that uh, guy, um, it really got me back to thinking, and I've, I've wanted to answer this question for a long time, right? Um, which is, yeah, I come from Los Angeles. I know you're from L.A. as well. Huge majority of the Jews in L.A. Uh, are vote liberal. 
and they vote for these politicians. And when you look at the policies and then what they stand for, it, it, to me, it just it makes no sense. So my question is, I know you, you said that you have some insight into this and I just did a podcast on it and I still still don't know the answer, which is why do so many Jews vote um, for liberal politicians? What's the deal? So really, you have to go back in history, not that much, not that far, but about 150 years, give or take. You know, in the late 1800s, you had Jews across Europe who there were pogroms and there were, you know, murders and, and all of these kind of things happening to Jews in these little shtetls, right? These little pockets in cities that were predominantly Jewish, th- these little areas. And what would happen is, you know, if, if, so, if a Jew was murdered, nothing would happen. And if a Jew fought back, the Cossacks, let's say, would come back a hundredfold. So th- that, that's part A. So you have this mentality of being a victim for years. Fast forward now to the early 1900s, where you have Jews in America who are, you know, will vote for a Republican governor, but a Democratic mayor. Really, whatever helps the Jews at where they live at that time. So they were going back and forth. Fly back to Europe. You got the beginnings of the Holocaust, you know, and, and Nazism. But at the same time that's happening, you have FDR with the New Deal and the Second New Deal, right? a bunch of welfare programs. After the Holocaust, you have this influx of Jewish refugees coming to America with literally nothing whatever clothes were on them, that's it. They don't have a penny to their name, no extra pair of shoes, nothing. But all of a sudden, they're in a country now that's giving them free things. And we see it time and time again with so many different groups of people in our country. So following the Holocaust in the late 40s, early 50s, you have all of these Jews starting to vote for the party that are giving them the free things. That just snowballed, right? Like you see, is that just snowballed effect to the point where Jews just started voting Democrat? Is there any chance that that may be why we have 2 million illegals that just came across our border in the last year? I mean, what you're describing there, do Democrats realize that folks that are immigrants to America are given a lot of stuff in the beginning? Do you think that maybe that's why Biden has done nothing to stop the 2 million that came across our border in the last year. Yeah, of course. I mean, that that's 2 million new voters. Uh, I mean, that's obviously the reason why they would do it. Do you, have you ever heard of uh, Rabbi uh, David Bendori? Yes, I have, and I, I'm trying really hard. Was he? Uh, he, he is uh, an author and wrote something on gun laws, but he addressed this question, and what he said... Uh, the adamantly anti-gun right Jews are bowing to, one, a desire for a utopian moral purity, two, a disproportional incidence of hoplophobia. Hoplophobia. I didn't know what hoplophobia meant. Does anybody want to take a guess? The rational fear of firearms. And it goes back to the Greek hoplites. So if you're familiar with the, the guardians of the Greek empire, they were called the hoplites. And that's an irrational fear of arms. And it manifests itself in psychological ways where you'll actually start sweating, you'll get anxious. It is an actual diagnosed, uh, whatever you would call that, phrenia, schizophrenia, I don't know. And so third, he goes, a quest for power uh, through victimization appears. 
a utopian um, delusion that if guns would just go away, crime would end and the world would be a peaceful, safe place. Five. He's got 10 of these, so I'll make it as quick as I can. Self-hatred and a wish to be helpless, acting out guilt-based behavior problems that developed in childhood. Six, the uh, orc, <laughs> the ostrich syndrome. I guess you can stick your hand head in the sand, everything goes away. Uh, garden variety hypocrisy. Um, <clears throat> adulterated religion, Jews in name only. Ginos is what he calls them. Um, Ginos. <laughs> that's what it says. And uh, I'm quoting, so... And then feel good, sophistry, and the sophist were the people, again, if I go back to Greek times, um, they were the ones that were able to give very convincing arguments with not a lot of meat to it, but they sure fooled a lot of people. Abject fear that yields irrational behavior. I just threw some red meat out there. Any, any of those 10 points you want to jump on? I mean, no, it's 100% true. I mean, I, I look, I have a shirt on my website that says I trigger hoplophobes. <laughs> Because oh. so, <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. Because I'm a bit of a seriously, I'm a bit of an asshole. Oh so, my gosh! <laughs> I trigger hoplophobes. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, no, no, I don't beep. His, he's his got okay. a okay. No, so, I fucking cuss all the time on his podcast. Okay, okay good, good, good. Yeah. So, um, no, it, it, it's true. I mean, everything you read is true, and I and now I know that Bendori is coming from the uh, JPFO, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms on the ship. Right. Exactly correct. Right. So, so um, yeah, I mean, all of those things are true. Uh, th- th- we, I mean, we can do a, a five, ten-hour podcast just on those. So, so you know, we notice that the analytic people kind of drop off at the thirty-minute point, though. So we don't. Is that right? Do we really want to do Not that? Not Joe Rogan, oh, man. How would I know though? Three because hours. YouTube kicked my ass off, thanks to my little uh, wild dog. Crazy don't be mean to YouTube, or I'll have to cut it from my YouTube video. Uh, we love YouTube. Go ahead and have her cut that part. Uh, uh, sorry, we love YouTube. So I got a question. I got a question on that. Uh, a lot of that seems to be centered around uh, anti-gun. Does that have a? Is that one of the principal reasons why they don't vote for conservatives because of the the just the um, phobia against guns? No, not necessarily. I think it's more a lot of Jews. Okay, so reformed and conservative Jews many many times vote liberal. Right, mm-hmm. it's more Orthodox Jews are the ones that are voting more conservative yes. Republican. So it's not necessarily that they are voting. People like me, there there are a lot of one uh, voters out there who are one issue voters. Right, for me, Second Amendment. Right, if you want to take away my guns, screw you. Yeah, I'm not voting for you. It's that simple. Uh, because without the Second Amendment, we we can't enjoy the freedoms of America. It's that simple. So most people aren't voting like that. So I think a lot of liberal Jews who are voting for Democrats aren't necessarily voting for, you know, oh, because they're pro-gun. That just comes along with voting for liberal liberal Democrats, voting for the left. It just comes along with the fact that they're anti-gun. Got it. You know, the the other thing— if I can get a little more specific, right? So if you take a guy like like Donald Trump, who is very pro-Israel, whereas you have you know some other presidents that are that are not pro-Israel, and yet they're you know and and Jews by nature, you know I, I'm not stereotyping, but you know smart people, successful, you know have made it well, are highly educated, all this kind of stuff, but then they can't put those two things together. I mean, I used to have heated debates in L.A. all the time where people would be so anti-Trump, and I'm like, but you know. He's he's done so much for Israel and our relationship. How can you then not like the guy, you know, for all these stupid reasons, like you don't like his tweets or something? How do you like how do you reconcile this stuff? Because it, it just doesn't doesn't mesh for me. 
I mean, for me, I call balls and strikes, right? I didn't vote for Trump the first time around. I, de- I voted for him the second time around. But at the same time, I was very reluctant to vote for him the second time around because he was anti-gun. I mean, there's no way to look at it, right? Banning the bump stocks, getting rid of those, uh, going after, you know, get, getting the braces versus the, mm-hmm. um, the stocks, just getting the ball rolling for the ATF. He was the one that was in charge of that. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who just, to them, the Second Amendment is not the main focus. And, and again, I, I'm not criticizing, right? If, if abortion is your main focus, by all means, vote for the candidate that you think will be best for, you know, anti-abortion, pro-abortion, whatever you, whichever way you're swinging. Got it. But at the end of the day, Trump is was not good with guns but that doesn't mean he was a bad president i mean i i i know i just said something a little earlier that i'm going to vote for the best two a a candidate i'm just based on your question it's really that simple it's like you call balls and strikes and and a lot of people don't do that Uh, i mean you still see trump worshipers right and and i'm like i don't get it yeah he was great president with a lot of aspects but like let's grab the reins pull back a little Calm down, he's just a human, and he had his time. He had his time. Let's move on now. But if you wanna, if he's gonna be the next president again, call balls and strikes. He's not perfect. If he does something wrong, call him out on it. Uh, before we get too far into the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, there's four commas in that. And unfortunately, a lot of our friends like to to divine a meaning a meaning into the Second Amendment because of where the commas are placed. I've seen some very esoteric arguments yeah. on Second Amendment based on that. If people want to find out more about yourself, how would how can they find out about uh, you? the best place to go is the pewpewju.com. P E W P E W dot com. Uh, I'm all cross social media: the pewpewju, Twitter, Instagram, Getter. Facebook, and yeah, my you know my website's a great site that has a blog on it. It has a lot of really fun T-shirts and swag that you can buy. Have you no. written some books? Um, eight. Books. That's all. That's it. No, okay, okay. I, I, let, let me rephrase. I've written seven. One of my books is blank. No, really. I, I wrote a book, and, and Ben Shapiro actually called my book comprehensive. How many pages was it? 220. Because that's going to really confuse <laughs> my Aggie friends. You know, you got a book that's got 200 blank pages. Did Michael on Knowles it. do right, So Michael, right, so Mike, Michael Knowles, right. So he Michael did. Knowles was my inspiration for my book. Okay. Uh, my book is called Bullet Points Reasons Why America Should Embrace Common Sense Gun Law. And for your listeners, common sense gun law, although it sounds nice, really it's code word for gun control, gun confiscation. Orwellian. Right. So I wrote a book. Again, I, I can't say I wrote. I just don't know the right word. But um, I put together a book talking about my reasons why America should embrace common sense gun law. And it's a 220-page book of blank pages. So it sounds to me like you put a lot of thought into it. I did. <laughs> you know, uh, Honestly, um, coming up with the 13 chapters was the hardest part of the book. Why 13? That's kind of like an unlikely number. Um, I don't know. Just... Just hit you. It just hit me. I was like, also, I, you know, if I went, if I had a few more pages, like the book would cost more based right. on publishing. 
So yeah. you kind of had to pick and choose. Oh, since we're talking about your site, we talked about how to reach out to yourself, right? And wiseguytalks.com, www.wiseguytalks.com. And, you know, to make us more discoverable, wherever you see our content, like I'm all over the place as well, if you will just put a comment or just put a like or share it with your friend, you know, whatever, that helps the algorithm to make it more discoverable. Am I correct on that? Yes, sir. That's right. Especially for Yehuda, because he's talking about guns and social media doesn't really like that stuff. Oh my gosh. So like it, share it. And then that way uh, they'll show up more. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So (laughs) I I think you wanted to talk about what just went on in Colleyville. Um, What's, what's your takeaway from, and, and to be accurate as to what happened, I think it was what, January the 16th? Uh, Was that that Shabbat? Yeah. Shabbat. And explain to listeners that uh, may not know what Shabbat is. So Shabbat is a, a Jewish day, I guess you can call it, from Friday night sundown till Saturday night sundown. Um, and again, I'm coming, if any of your listeners don't follow the Shabbat the way I do, I'm coming from being an Orthodox Jew, so I'm not criticizing anyone. Not that I care about offending people, but <laughs> uh, I'm just saying... This is the way I celebrate it. Um, Friday night sundown till Saturday night sundown. uh, No electronics, no TV. You completely unplug. You know, there's no phone, no internet. Uh, It's just praying and spending a lot of time with family and friends, walking places, stuff like that. Before you go into what was going on here in Colleyville, have you ever been to uh, the Vive, Tel Aviv? I have, yeah. And uh, the first time I went, I stayed at Hilton, uh, close to the beach. And it was on Shabbat. And uh, we walk into the elevator. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm yeah. about to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Shabbat elevator stops on every freaking floor. Yep. Oh, because you can't push the button. Can't push, can't the, push button. the button. Got yep. it. All over Got Israel. It. Every every hotel has that. Oh, my gosh. That was that was cultural. That I think this, cultural. this is a very good idea for me to implement at home just to get my kids <laughs> off their damn phones for a good day. Luck. This is a really good He's idea. He's up there right now doing it. I, w- I, will, I will tell you, um, it is so healthy. To literally unplug from the world for tw- for twenty five hours. I mean, my kids my kids are are reading, they are playing with their friends, and there's not even they're a they're, yeah, right. We're we're conversing with each other, yeah. um, and it's not even that they, they don't even ask because they know they can't. There's no like, hey, can I just check the scores or can I just like watch for half an hour? Like, no, it's nothing. You're, you're literally not allowed to do that. It's, it's according to Jewish law. So it's so mentally healthy to just completely unplug for 25 hours. And, you know, like I said, the, the Colleyville, just to That's segue, right, to segue into it, I didn't know what was happening until after the Sabbath ended. And this started at, what, oh. like, like 1030 in the morning. So I got the tail end of it. I got the last, like, three hours of the standoff. Because I turned on my phone and working in the firearms industry, you know, all my friends know that I live in DFW and I had like big names in the industry and all, a lot of friends in the industry. They're like, hey, man, are you OK? Are you OK? Like, what's you know, are you are you alive? And, and I'm like, what like what the hell's going on? Like, so like I flip on my phone after the Sabbath and all of a sudden I'm seeing that there's a hostage situation, you know, 30 minutes from my house and all the news is reporting is that it's happening really a hostage situation at a synagogue in DFW. So all my friends thinking that it was me. Then I had my smart ass friends 
who were like, hey, man, we know it wasn't you because if it was you, it would have been over hours ago. You know? <laughs> you know? So, like, <laughs> so that kind of gets to the nut of it, though. You, What you're alluding to is basically had had uh, and it's become a very big controversy and first of all let me just uh, be up front and let you know that I know <laughs> I know the rabbi uh, Charlie Citron Walker nice guy we've had coffee together we sit down and talk we are totally on the opposite ends of the spectrum on most things but he is a nice guy and I told my wife I called her up I was in Virginia when I at 11 o'clock when it came onto my radar screen I actually went to the to the Facebook feed, and I'm listening to this guy rant. I mean, just incoherently, he's going back and forth between Urdu, which is Pakistani, and with an English accent. And I'm like, what the hell? I couldn't figure this one out at all. And I called my wife, and I said, you know, if anybody can talk his way out of this, it's going to be Rabbi Charlie, because he is really a very, very likable person. I will say on the flip side, though, um, the reason that I met him is I, when I first got into podcasting about three years ago around here, I was looking into to why the liberal thinks the way that they do, because I find it fascinating how they can process information, look at the exact same document that I look at and say, that's bad. I look at it and I go, I'll go, well, that's good. And to me, I consider myself a classic liberal because a classic liberal means you have an open mind to thought and you're willing to hear different arguments. So we got into some of these discussions. I invited him on the podcast. Then there was a, a shooting in a mosque. I think it was in New Zealand. Um, he did an interfaith uh, thing at his, uh, his uh, synagogue. I went to that and I was kind of taken aback by seemed like a lot of the, the he'd invited a lot of very liberal Christian type organizations and they were talking about white privilege in this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I went about inviting all those people to come in and talk to me. And the interesting thing was they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't come in and talk to me. So, um, the, the thing about Rabbi Charlie is I'd noticed a lot of very, um, very radical people had come from the synagogue and was very, very active in South Lake politics. And so I was trying to understand what was causing that. And so after sitting down with some discussions with him, I found out, you know, he was anti-gun. He didn't want guns in the, uh, the uh, synagogue. This gentleman here writing for Big League Politics, his name is Shane Trujillo. You know, he says, uh, uh, you guys keep talking. I'm going to read down and see if I can find this part. Well, so, so I guess, Yehuda, I mean, my, my question is just, you know, on what happened there. Uh, my understanding is, like like uh, Guy was saying, they, they didn't have any armed security. They, they were anti-gun, you know. So I just wanted to kind of get your take on what happened and, you know, your opinion on the whole situation. I mean, obviously, I'm very against any institution, any religious institution that doesn't allow or is anti-firearm. Um, I don't really care what religion you are, but, you know, Especially, I mean, we'll talk about Judaism, but, you know, <laughs> I am incredibly pro-gun. Uh, I instruct, I train, I talk to people about it. I write children's books on firearms, safety, firearms education, the history of the Second Amendment. My synagogue does allow for congregants to carry. Now, understand that a security guard with a firearm is great, but all it is is a deterrent. And not only is it just a deterrent, these guys are getting paid fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. If you have a guy, if a guy, if the security guard has a Glock nineteen on his hip, and he sees some 
Muslim terrorist or any other type of terrorist coming in with an AK-47, I guarantee you he's running. All right? he's, not, he's not sticking around for a gun battle. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very, very pro synagogues or Jewish institutions that allow their congregants or whatever institution it is for their, co- their, their members to carry a firearm. And obviously that does mean, you know, it doesn't just mean, you know, you, you carry a firearm and you're the next John Wick or freaking Clint, Clint Eastwood, right? Like <laughs> you I'll, a I'll, I'll, there's a huge responsibility. Exactly. With car- right. Yeah. Right. If you're going to be carrying a firearm, you sure as hell better get to the range, train, find a good instructor. And it's not just, I'm not talking about just static shooting, right? I'm not talking about just getting a target at, at you know, three, five, seven yards and then just, you know, one shot every five seconds or the RSO will bite your head off, right? right. Like, I'm talking about, like, you got to take some real self-defensive training. And if you're not doing that, then you actually become more of a liability than sure. you do a help. So I'm very pro-guns in synagogues, but it needs to be done correctly. Sure. So is that... Oh, I'm sorry, guy. Is that... Uh, is it more common for synagogues to allow or not allow? It really depends. Okay. Um, I, I do know, again, based on liberal Jews, conservative Jews, stuff like that, a lot of Orthodox synagogues do allow it, uh, especially depending on where you live, right? Like New York, not so easy. California, not so easy. But places that are states that are gun-friendly, more more than not, you have Orthodox Jews sh- synagogues. Uh, allowing for it versus, you know, reformed or conservative synagogues. So I found my notes. And within the article that I'm uh, responding from, and it came from, again, Big League Politics, it says that uh, the rabbi has a long history of supporting far-left causes, which may have empowered the Muslim radical to commit his act of terror on Saturday. Uh, One former attendee said he was forced to leave the congregation, Beth Israel, because of Citron's Walker's imposing liberal dogma, including gun control, upon the synagogue. Um, He goes on to say, I left due to a few issues. First, the rabbi called Israel an apartheid state against Islam. And second, he didn't allow his members, including myself, to be armed during services. Now he's uh, being held hostage by a Muslim man with a gun. That's what he said. Uh, the former attendee was a congreg- uh, congregant of Beth Israel uh, when he when he wrote this. So, you know, th- there's a lot going on here. I'd picked up certain amount of this just because I kept seeing the same names that were from the synagogue showing up uh, at our school board, trying to really push the school. And this is a whole different issue. This is something that we've pra- uh, talked about a lot on Wise Guy Talks in the past. I, I don't want to go back into that. We got seventy-seven episodes. You can go back and find anything you want on it, you know. But I, I the point that I wanted to make to you, there was a, a Texas church back in uh, twenty eighteen, and there was a gunman by the name of Keith Thomas Kanunen, um, and he walked into a church where he he had, I believe, a shotgun, and he managed to shoot one or two people before one of the congregants pulled out a forty-five and did like a twenty-five yard headshot on the guy. Um, and, and so I think it really kind of goes back to what you're talking about. We have a responsibility to defend ourselves, but on top of that, it's not merely just going out and getting a Glock 19 and stick it on your, you know, your fanny. It's being qualified. It's being competent with it. Don't, don't threaten my family by, you know, thinking you're going to be John Wayne. And this is another thing. These guys, I grew up in Texas. I'm fifth generation Texas. I'm about as pro gun as they come. Um, these guys that carry open carry 
on their their hip. Hopefully, you don't do that. Uh, no, no, yeah, that's no. different. <laughs> um, the guy that carries carries it outwardly, all you're doing is marking yourself as a target. And if a cop is coming into a bad situation, they're trying to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are. Well, I can guarantee you right off the bat, everybody with the gun in their hand is going to be under the category of you're potentially about to take the lead sandwich um, breakfast. So, But let's not forget, though, whether you agree with open carry or not. And this is something that I get into with so many people who are like pro-gun. It's your right. I, I mean, it, look, it, right. That, right. That, that's the thing. It's it's a hundred percent. If you want to be that guy and and be you know mark yourself to be a target, I, by I, all means, I do it. I want to make myself clear, just in case I ever decide to run for governor. <laughs> you know, if if a guy wants to do that, fine. But to me, being a prior service marine, and that I did some stuff with, uh, I can't really go into that. But I can tell you that uh, carrying a gun outwardly. You know, that's a bad situation because you've just marked yourself. I, I mean, if I'm going into a store, I'm going to rob that store, and I see some dude over there with a 45 on his hip, who am I shooting first? So, no, I agree with you 100%. I'm, 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 I do not open carry. I'm not a fan of open carry. But Second Amendment, you, you want to open carry? You do you, buttercup. Yeah. So, anyhow, I, d- I don't know how... You know, this is all, I I know that one of the local churches here, Whitechapel, um, they had a lot of the folks come in and they, you know, they, um, they honored them. uh, And that's great. And I'm sure he was extremely brave. The way I understand the way that this broke down was after about 11 hours, uh, he found a chance to throw a chair at the BG, which is bad guy. Uh, When he did that, I think the bad guy followed him out the, followed him out the door when he took one step out of the door, I think he has one of these aha moments and goes, boy, did I just make a big mistake? Goes back in and boom, boom, out goes his lights. They threw in the flash grenades, and I think they were just sitting there waiting on him. So that was their opportunity. You know, so that took a lot of courage, and I don't want to take anything away from him for doing that. That's that's great. But, you know, he's made it very public that the synagogue is anti-gun, and if I'm a bad guy, uh, am I going to go attack a flock of wolves or a flock of sheep? I, I can tell you, I'm I'm going after the sheep, but that's just crazy me. No, I agree. I agree. Look, at, at the end of the day, what he did was very, I mean, if you want to call it heroic, great, call it heroic. It was. Right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was going up against a gunman and with only a chair. Right. Just A, shows you anything can be a weapon. But uh, I'm not going to take away from that. Um, but at the same time, you did have him plus, was it three or four other congruents? I don't remember I exactly. Four total. Four total. So... They were there for 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah, and that could have gone bad. I mean, <clears throat> I downloaded the feed for about the last 30 minutes until they shut it down. I don't know if you did or not. Uh, when the feed came on, I was like, whoa. So I pushed the record button. And I, I remember texting my friends. I had to go get on a flight. But I remember texting my friends going, this is not going to turn out good. Because this guy was really animated. And he was using a lot of profanity. And it was just incoherent a speech. And come to find out, he came from UK and was a bad guy over there with a with the rap sheet as long as your arm. Yeah, I think we could have a whole nother podcast on how the hell he managed to get over here in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Like you said, that that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, at the end of the day, there were four people held hostage for 11 hours. Yeah. If one of them were armed, you know, uh, it would have been done. I, I, I'm not going to say they would have taken the shot. However, the chances of 
the hostage situation being done in a matter of minutes versus 11 hours. Yeah. Like that's not happening at your synagogue, obviously. So there, there's a very big name in the Second Amendment world. I don't want to bring her into it, um, but she's awesome. I love her, and her husband's awesome. And right after, when I was getting, when I was getting, um, right after my Sabbath, and I'm getting all these messages, you know, I posted on my Twitter saying, hey, you know, thank you so much. I'm just letting everybody know I'm safe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this woman's husband, who's awesome also, uh, messages me and goes, hey, man, yeah. I know it wasn't your synagogue because it, it would have been <laughs> over. No where well, he goes, it would have been over hours ago. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so I, mean, I, I, I don't know if we can put a period on that discussion or not. But I, 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 if, if I could be like Jen Saki for just one second and circle true. back, you knew that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pay very close attention to everything. Like the article, it was Jack Wilson, and it was actually a 357 SIG he used, not 45. Like I pay very close attention to oh. all this stuff. Yeah. Like, Is that like, what he used? Yeah, it was a 357 SIG. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got a got a feeling the guy that received the lead deposit doesn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, could have either gone to Circle Back or you could have gone to uh, Margarita. Margaritaville. Thank you, by the way, for the tequila. Yes. You, so pleasure. he's supposed to bring a camera tonight so we'd have a second angle of you? What does he bring me? He brings me a bottle of very nice tequila, by the way. You think I'm complaining about that? No That's way. That's right. Who's that? <laughs> Coyote Ugly? That's uh, that's straight from the duty free store in um, in um, Puerto Vallarta. Oh, nice! Yeah, so we when bring, he, we bring those back. Going back to original conversation, this cracks me up. You got Bernie Sanders out there, uh, Alexander Ocasio Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ilana Omar, you know, and several uh, panoply of other Democrats that continually beat on the state of Israel. And how the hell do they get away with that? I I'm mystified by it. Someone posted something on Twitter today. Uh, why was the Colleyville hostage situation only a 24-hour news cycle? And I responded that the shooter didn't fit the narrative. The second one was there was no deaths. And, sure. to, and to answer your question, number three, it's just a, it's just a Jews. No, yeah. one, no one cares about the Jews. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look at the world we live in today. I mean, it, it is quite amazing. You look at the people that are being pushed into the subways in New York City. You look at the people who are being jacked in their cars in L.A. And um, we have a real problem in this uh, community. I, I think it, it bears uh, worth talking about sometime in the near future. But did you, uh, you got anything else for us? Here I'm just going to say that, you know, the interesting thing about this for me, being someone who's, you know, I'm not – not orthodox, not, not, you know, not very religious, but, you know, Jewish heritage and all this stuff. And anytime there's something Jewish that happens or anti-Israel or anti-Jew, it, it's the Christians and it's the people that are like religious here in, the, in this city or wherever it is that are the first to stand up and, and speak on it. I mean, when, you know, Israel and, and Palestine, that situation happened, you know, last year, I remember Greg Abbott posted something, you know, I remember a bunch of other people did. At the time I was living in L.A., you know, Gavin Newsom didn't say a word. Um, so it's, you know, to me, that's it's so hypocritical and it's so interesting how that always happens. You know, that I mean, people people just don't like to do no. in In Judaism, there's an idea that uh, the Hebrew is Esav Soneus Yaakov. Really, that translates to Esav, right? Uh, the son of Isaac will always hate the sons of Jacob, right? In other words... Anti-Semitism will always be a thing, right? You're not getting rid of it. And I've got in hot water because I've posted things about, you know, people 
changing their Facebook icon to I stand against anti-Semitism and, you know, posting blue squares in solidarity with Israel. And I'm like, right, right bravo. Way to, pat, right. way to pat yourself on the back, you know, like. You guys, you, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I talk about this. I talk about how you're never going to get rid of anti-Semitism. It's been around for 3,000 years, and it's going to be around as long as the Jews are going to be around. So far, we have a pretty good track record of sticking around. So I have a feeling it's going to be a long time. However, you, you, you're, not, you're not getting rid of anti-Semitism. And if you look back in Jewish history, right, Jews, Judaism is a very, very uh, big warrior heritage, right? You have Abraham fighting the kings. You have Jacob preparing for war against his brothers. You have Joshua. You have King David. You have the Maccabees. Then if you want to get even more modern, right, you have uh, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. You have the state of Israel. Right? Jews are fierce warriors. The problem is that since the Holocaust, Jews have really adopted, if you will, the entire sheep led to a slaughter mentality. When what we should be doing is embracing the David versus Goliath mentality. We should be saying, no, look, we, we live in a country, and yes, I understand some states it's harder than others, but we live in a country that has something called the Second Amendment. And if you are a Jew... There is no reason why you should not be training with a firearm in today's day and age. And anyone who, who says differently, just it's either an irrational fear of firearms or they just don't care enough. But at the end of the day, you are your own first line of defense. So to go down the silly road just for a second here, I'm thinking of a movie right now. It's got two words in its two-word name movie. Um, you want to take a guess what it's about? This is the charades portion of I, I, the podcast. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I just have a feeling. Blazing Saddles. Nope. Okay. Starts with a W. A R. War. War pigs. War dogs. Oh, war dogs. That's the one. Well, war pigs with. with you dogs remind me of the guy in War Dogs. I mean, you're not nearly <laughs> as heavy as he is. So don't thank, you, thank you. It's not the physical <laughs> thing. Jonah Hill. Yeah. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know. <laughs> Because you said you were a gun broker, but you didn't tell us what you're doing. So immediately I went to War Dogs thinking, hey, uh, anything you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do have FFL with a buddy of mine right here in Grapevine. And, you know, I, I definitely try to arm Jews. If they come to me with, hey, you know, I think we're ready to buy our first firearm, I will try very hard to give them a very good deal. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, we lose out on some money but to me it's more important that jews take their lives into their own hands and you know def be able to defend themselves so i'm about out i i i want to finish up with the whole idea of californication because that is really a, a it's a curiosity for me how people move here from other states and they want to create the mess that they left in the state that they left and you and i did 72 which was californication for me i don't know which episode you called it um and i and I always find it interesting because here we are sitting with two guys that moved here from California and both, you know, pro second amendment rights, um, borderline conservative, I'd say full, full blown conservative. Am I correct? He's giving on you the borderline. Yeah. Like, borderline. Because you didn't vote for Trump the first time. So you're going to get, <laughs> you're going to get me in the, the shit sandwich with my followers. Well, I did. I mean, look, I mean, he didn't really give me a real, uh, 
He didn't really give me a real uh, reason to vote for him. The guy was uh, like, he did too. I actually gave you a real good one. It's called Hillary Clinton. Oh, uh, nah. oh, oh, exactly. No, I'm. I'm I know why you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Oh, oh, exactly right. <laughs> no, look. Uh, if, if your followers are all you know big Trump people, again. I voted him for the second well, time. Well, the sure as hell ain't Californians, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he proved to me that he, he, you know, was a good president. I uh, just, I didn't see it in the first time around. And yeah, that's all right. I mean, people can fault me for that. Like, oh, you didn't see it? We saw you it. I got like, it the second time, though. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. it the second time, right? No, no you, you fell in line. That's good, good. <laughs> what you got for us? So, so uh, Yehuda, I want, I want to dig a little bit deeper on what you said just a second ago about kind of the sheep mentality. Yeah. So. My, my wife has gotten into a lot of hot water with her friends because she, she says, you guys in L.A. are, like, leading yourselves to slaughter again. You know, like, they tell you to wear a mask, you wear a mask. They tell you school's closed because someone has Omicron and, and they have a sniffle, you obey. And, you know, I'm curious, like, where, because my family is not like that at all. The minute they said, we're going to close the school and you have to get your kids vaccinated, we were like, okay, we're out of here. Because I'm not going to be told what to do by the governor and by my, you know, school or whatever. But where does that, where does that come from? Where does what come from? Like that, that sheep mentality com- of this community. Obedience, compliance. Well, you can definitely blame the media for a majority of it. Uh, the compliance, you know... Y- we wouldn't COVID would not nearly be as bad as it is, as it is now if it wasn't for the media. Um, well, this is a huge deal because uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google has shut down the national discussion, yep. and that I think when they when they, the the casual report is finally produced on this, and we go back and do the after action reports, what we used to call it in the Marine Corps. I think they're going to look at it and they're going to say that one of the biggest players in all of this was Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, and they shut down a freaking national conversation. And they did it with people that are not qualified to take the role to criticize uh, some of uh, some of the uh, the doctors that were coming on trying to warn us. And and yet Fauci and the the lady the NIHA I can't remember her name now they. They made fun of them. They had the media sick them. They they basically pulled them off of YouTube, and and that's the crap that gets pulled in China. That's the crap that gets pulled in um, Russia. Russia to a lesser extent, and and definitely in Cuba. Um, you know, you know, I think I think America is going to have to take a really sober look at the value that that these social media companies bring us because is it worth the Faustian deal? Is it deal worth you know doing a long deep tongue kiss with the devil? To do it, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that know uh, how complicit the uh, the media and social media is. Uh, you can talk. You mean you just follow a lot of the big pundits out there, and then they'll say straight out. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, what Getter got four million new followers in a week just because you know they're touting free speech, and you have a lot of huge names that are yeah. you know moved over to Getter. Uh, but I, I definitely do think that media is complicit with everything that's going on. And I think, you know, I, I got into a spat on Twitter today because yesterday I took my kids to Walmart for a second. And as I was walking out, I see this uh, husband, wife, and two kids. And I see the mother putting a mask on her. had to be not more than three-year-old daughter. Oh, and, and I heard her say, don't worry, better to be safe than sorry. 
So I posted that story and I got all these people, you know, like, oh, what do you mean? Just teaching their kid how to be safe, blah, blah, blah. What but it's mean? not safe. And, but right, right. So, sorry. So I, I, I'm like, okay, you, you, I, like the person was going on and on and calling me Look, dude, every it, it, F it, word. It, it's <laughs> telling it's like wearing a freaking umbrella to keep hit, getting hit by meteorites. I mean, that's about what it boils down to. Those, nobody understands how to process risk anymore at all. They don't have a clue. That same person, how the hell could they ever put their kid in a car? I, look, I agree with you. I, like my, my point is, is that I stopped wearing a We're mask. We're gonna have fun with him in the future. I can already tell. For sure. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I haven't even started warming up yet. Like, <laughs> I, like, like I, yeah. If you get me going, I'm, I'm, I'm brutal. Um, no, but uh, it, it's something that you know. I stopped wearing my mask in December of 2020. So I, I didn't. I literally three months before Abbott lifted the mask mandate. I stopped wearing a mask. Um, my wife and I are not vaccinated. My kids aren't vaccinated. And when I, okay, for all the psychos out there, we're very pro-vaccines that work, not ones that are called vaccines that don't work. Well, first of all, you can't call a flu shot a vaccine when it's really not a vaccine. Right. Polio was a vaccine. A vaccine right. So, so yeah. So, I, so, same thing I'm saying with the COVID shots, whatever. We're not, you know, we're not uh, getting vac- vaccinated. We just don't care. Um, I had COVID last week. Um, I'm good now. I lost all smell, all taste. Really weird, by the way, um, when that happened. But hey, you know what? I survived. It's a 99% survivability rate. I'm going to take my chances with my natural immunity. I'm not going to get jabbed with something. So I, I get what's going on in the country. And to see, you know, like you said, have seeing these people being brainwashed. I mean, there's kids who are going to be so psychologically scarred for the rest of their lives. You're going to have 20-something-year-olds who are healthy, who are in 15 years from now are going to be, their, their immunity system, their immune system is going to be shot because they've been, they'll be wearing masks for the next 15 years. Why? Because the media and Fauci, who, by the way, should be thrown in prison for the rest of his life, and, and I'm talking about, like, freaking solitary confinement, like, everything. Um, you have these people just scaring the, the hell out of these people to something that there's no reason to be. I mean, there, there's a – I forgot who wrote it, um, but have you ever read or seen the movie The Wave? No. Nope. I, I, I highly recommend all your listeners – it's a it's a small book. The book is only like ninety pages. I guess it's more of like a novella. Um, they did come out with a movie with it in the early nineties or late eighties. Basically, it's about this high school teacher who wants to educate his students on how Hitler was able to convince Germany that the Jews were bad, and kind of convince him that Nazism was the way to go. And what he does is through this social experiment in his class, you know. He starts breaking up, you know, blondes versus brown hair, and then this person versus that person, and he starts making them hate each other. And then the the the, the kids who who that sounds so damn familiar with what's going on in our school right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. by their immutable differences, they're they're trying to break our community, our society up by. You're Jewish. I'm Baptist. You're something in the middle. You're, you're you know? vaccinated. You're not vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, and 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 the, the guy in Canada. Uh, Trudeau, is it Trudeau? Trudeau. He, <laughs> he had the chutzpah about it. He's got a shirt, a good shirt he, with He wants on. to put him in prison. 
the guys that haven't, and he wants to keep them out of the damn hospitals. There were even people in America that were talking about keeping these people out of the hospital. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But I, but I highly recommend this book because it really... The Wave. The Wave. Is it a movie too or just a book? It's a movie. The movie is also... It's only like an hour long because, again, okay. the book's only like 90 minutes. But it, it really breaks down how... I mean, it's terrifying, especially if you yeah. read it or watch it now. Sure. Because it, it, you see what's going on. It literally breaks down like to the point where once they had a, a, a core group of these students who fit or aligned as more of the dominant group in the class, they started making salutes and they started making – I mean, it really it, – it's terrifying. And, and I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, it's called The Wave. And again, I, I apologize. I don't remember the author's name. But – Guy's going to find it for yeah, me yeah. while, we, while we chat about it. Uh, I will definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, the movie is always good. You know, movies are always fun. But – right. Read the book. Okay. Uh, book is always better. Uh, yep. So well, it was uh, directed by Gilly Clavin. And uh, let's see what else we have. While he's looking that up, you heard I got a question for you. How'd you get into guns? Uh, oh, God. So I've always been fascinated with guns, right? Like uh, I grew up, um, I'm 37. So like I, I grew up, you know. Over the hill. <laughs> I grew up uh one of my favorite things growing up was James Bond. I love James Bond. Uh, I've, I'm dying, even though I know. Who's your favorite Bond? <sighs> Such a tough question. I'll no, be, it's not. I'll be honest. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, right? Sean Connery made the role, so Sean Connery is by like default the best Bond. Um, but I thought Daniel Craig, his politics yeah. aside, I thought I thought their take on his take that the whole Daniel Craig series, making it a lot more believable and yeah, gritty and dark. Um, I really liked it, although No Time to Die, the last one was the last so one sucked. bad. The last one yeah. was so bad. So bad. Yeah. Um, but that aside, um, I, I've always been interested, you know, the Walther PPK was always like my thing. And then I, I always enjoyed war movies growing up. So, you know, I've always wanted like, I wanted an M16 and stuff like that. But when I was old enough, I was married. I had two kids. Uh, I was out of my parents' house and I bought my first gun and we had dinner one night by my parents' house. This was back in L.A. And my younger brother was like, hey, buddy, hey, you know, hey, man, um, when can we go shoot your Glock? And my parents went, like, full-on Chernobyl. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, like, oh, like, like, Chernobyl was nice compared to what happened with my parents. They called me every name under the book. They wouldn't talk to me for weeks. They called me, you know. Call you a Republican? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, irresponsible and, you know, irresponsible. And how can you bring a firearm into the house and all this stuff? And I just enjoyed firearms. I enjoyed that empowerment. I enjoyed the being able to, you know, the precision of being able to hit something at whatever distance you're shooting at. Um, but that kind of led me to my first book, which was a gun safety book for children. And that's kind of how I fell into the firearms industry. That's are awesome, man. My, my parents are the exact opposite when, uh, when the riots were happening in like <laughs> LA and stuff. Uh, not, not back in the day, like last year. I called okay. them riots, but they were looting and all that shit. And uh, my dad was in Florida at the time. And at the time, we didn't, we didn't have any guns. And my dad calls, and he goes, okay, listen, you go to my house. Here's where the gun is. Here's where the ammo is. Go get it. Make sure you have it. Make sure you're ready. <laughs> yeah, but no, I've, I've been a, a gun guy for as long as I can rem remember. But it re it's really only been probably about 
13 years that I actually bought my first gun and started getting into it. But yeah. I've, I've always, action movies were always my thing. Nice. So, That's yeah. awesome. Guy looks like you have something for us here. No, I, I was just going <clears> to, <throat> you know, re-invite uh, the rabbi to come on and talk about it. And I, I'll tell you what would be fun to have two of you guys. Two of right you guys. Two of you sitting right here talking about it. Because you're both fascinating, incredibly fascinating. Are you are you implying that you're kicking me out of that equation? <laughs> no, I got a fourth microphone. Like, got, but what are, we, what are you and I going to add to that? I don't well, know. We could just yeah, I mean, look, I, as as you know, as kind of crazy as I could be, like obviously, you know, if he would be here, it would be a very respectful conversation. Of course. And, and, I mean, that's that's know. why I would like to have him. He's not like a lot of the liberals that I try to debate with that their hair literally spontaneously can bust. When you're talking to them, drives me nuts. I'm like, immediately they go to the ad hominem. And I'm like, why are you personally attacking me? I mean, right. make your point for crying out loud. No, absolutely. I, I don't get it. What do you got so, in close? So, you would, I do. I have a couple, couple more questions here. Quit kicking us out of here, man. I'm sorry. Um, I have plenty of time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really hoping to skip bedtime with four kids. So, <laughs> to yeah, keep, keep going as long to, as you want. To put yeah. Kids to bed here. Uh, well, well, guy's got his uh, analytics that say that after we get to a certain We're point. We're at but 54 minutes but right now. But for the Dima show, we could go as long as we want. That's right. But you chop it up into two-minute chunks. So what do you care? For YouTube. For YouTube. You're going to turn this into like 500 episodes, and I'm sure each one will bring you a half a million views. For YouTube, not for the uh, for the podcast we go all, we go all in. So uh, have you thought about YouTube? YouTube. I think, I think they have that. Do they no have way. That? I think they have that. Just came to me, man. It's a it's really epiphany. good one. It's a really good one. We're going to get a lot of shit for this episode. Why? I don't know. So only respect them. Oh, please, you can you can you can send them my way. I'll someone's going to someone's going to call and get really pissed off about it that we offended I'm, I'm someone. I'm sure I'll get kicked off of Facebook now. They already have it? Is it a is it a porn site? <laughs> oh, I, I guess I should have looked before I showed that to you, right? No, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's not. It's, it's not. like a family type thing. It's a, yeah, it's kind of more okay. kosher videos. Got it. Kosher. Got it. Uh, so I, you you may have written a book on it. I didn't actually take a look at the, the catalog, but so it, just kind of advice. You know, if someone's listening and they you know haven't been exposed to firearms and they kind of want to get into it, and you know maybe they're afraid or I mean, there's so many new gun owners obviously last couple of years. But what would you kind of say to to those people and what what are the first steps they should take? I mean, look, I understand guns could be scary. Uh, th there's no question about that, right? And there's no question about it that they're dangerous. But unless you're my first wife, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but unless you're Alec Baldwin, you know, your your <laughs> guns could be very safe. Um, yeah. I have numerous guns in my home. I have kids who go shooting with me. I have kids who know how to strip down my guns and clean them, which is a great family activity, by the way. <laughs> Um, no, but at the end I of the... You can see the music now. You know your stuff, man. I know my stuff. I lived in New York for long enough. Yeah, I'm a, no, but, but at, the end, at the end of the day, you know, taking your first steps into firearms ownership is really learning about gun safety and also understanding how firearms work, right? So I have a Glock 43X on my hip right now. I have 16 rounds in it. But at the end of the day... Even though there's a round in the chamber, it's not going to go off. Why? Because, you know, you keep your finger off the trigger. No, that's what Alec Baldwin said. He didn't actually touch the trigger. It just, it just went off. It just went off. off. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's the ghost guns that they all talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, no, you know, it, it's, that's probably your first step is that understand that firearms are dangerous, but understand that they're also really fun. You know, running and gunning, going to an, a range and, and transitioning between handgun to rifle and going back and forth, it can be really fun and it can okay. also be incredibly empowering. Like, 
you know, I, I had a person ask me, um, uh, he asked me about my yarmulke, right? my, 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 my skull cap, as they call it. Baseball cap without a bell. Baseball cap without a bell. <laughs> so um, they asked me, they're like, hey, you know, aren't you afraid to be wearing that in public now with all the anti-Semitism going on? I said, no. They're like, you don't want to wear a hat? I'm like, no, the only thing I wear extra is a spare magazine on my hip. <laughs> Makes them more afraid of me than I am of that. <laughs> and the, my buddy looks at me, he's like, damn. Like, okay, I hear that. You know, like, <laughs> no, but that's at the end of the day, you know, it, it's very empowering, but it, it comes with responsibility, right? We have the Second Amendment. Owning a gun is your right. Practicing gun safety is your responsibility. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. We were so. at the range yesterday with his son, and he was eating it up. I mean, we were there for a full hour and high caliber, caliber high caliber guns going off all around him, keeping his, keeping his cool. You know, I was impressed. He's a very curious uh, boy and wants to know everything. I mean, that's, that's, I predict total success for that boy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. He, he loves to go shooting. Oh, both of my boys love to go shooting. And, uh, he, he's been asking me to go for so long, uh, because we had friends in town and I didn't bring him. And so he's like, it's not fair. Yeah. So yesterday, uh, guy uh, brought some of his stuff and, and we had a great time. Yeah. And it's, I, right. I think it's a, I think it's a great activity. You, you were saying family activity to clean guns. I was, I had one apart, like an AR apart on the table while my wife was cooking. And, uh, and she's like, where are we? And what's going on? Why is there a <laughs> gun taken apart on my dining room table? <laughs> was it? I think like two weeks ago I'd gone shooting and I had to clean a few of my Glocks and, I'm sitting at the dining room table and my wife's in the kitchen and I have my 10 year old, my, sorry, my 12 year old, my 10 year old and my five year old sitting at the table and I have my five year old snaking the barrel. I have my, (laughs) I have my other son scrubbing and I, my wife just looks at me. She's like, Orthodox Jews, what is going on? (laughs) You know? And, and I'm like, yeah, like, like, like. Look, you know, like my kid, my kids will not be victims, Yeah, you know, and, and it's something that drives me crazy to this day that so you, you just talk, go. Okay. Th- th- this whole victim, you've used the word before. I know you understand it fully. You got it. I want to do just a podcast on victimhood in America. I think that is such an incisive discussion that a lot of people need to hear that they need to stop being freaking victims. You know, you make yourself a damn victim. I, I don't know how you grew up. I grew up poor as hell. I know you're an immigrant. You probably didn't, you know. I mean, I, I grew up, I'm not going to lie. Like, my, my parents aren't rich. Um, I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up poor, but, you know, I didn't grow up rich. Yeah. Um, I didn't get everything I wanted growing up. There's no question about that. Um, but, you know. Yeah. So, how many more items? Because I'm trying to figure out, I got bumper music. That, and oh, I can't. throw a bumper in. Let's oh, hear okay, it. Okay, well, okay. Let's have some fun with the bumper. So, is this for the cell phone service? No, no, that's the ad. And speaking of that, uh, you know, Patriot Mobile, we love those guys. We really want to push as many people towards Patriot Mobile as possible. You can look them up very easily. Uh, Also, Epoch Times, I have become a huge fan of Epoch Times. They had a special in there by Cheryl Atkinson the other day. That woman is, she broke the mold. She is a classic reporter that tells the news got ran out of CBS because uh, the Obama administration was basically recording her at work. So she's doing her own thing on the side. Victor David Hansen, oh my gosh. He he is uh, unbelievable. I mean, the guy is such an intellect. I can just sit and listen to him. I would love to be, he's on the West Coast and up north uh, towards Sacramento. I can't remember the name of the college that he's at. 
I would love to have the opportunity to be his student. Uh, Mike, I've got a couple of my airline buddies that listen to me. Mike and Matt, I told you I'd give you a shout out next time I did one of these. I want to say hello to you guys. Appreciate you guys keeping it safe out there. Uh, Matt was my navigator in the Marine Corps in C-130s. Just an awesome, one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. So that's about all I have. What you got? That's the bumper? Here's the bumper. There we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that that was written by uh, by Elvis. He comes in here and does the yes. critical race theory stuff. I've, I've met him. He's a cool guy. Elvis is, I'm so blessed. I got so many really talented people. When I come up here and I'm shooting one of these on my own, I'm like, oh, I need my guys. So, <laughs> But you're doing a great job. You really are. Thank you, you sir. Know, and I wish the best. How can people reach you again? Uh, I'm all over social media as well. Uh, the Dima Show, YouTube, and uh, podcast. We talk about real estate, business, finance, a little bit of politics, a little bit of current events. What are we going to talk about uh, Bitcoin? Man, it's falling yes. on its ass. I told you. It's a, it, it's a good time to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it's, a nothing it's, sandwich. It's a good time to buy it. So, you know, what's, I got a question for you. What uh, I know you're, you know you're educating people and you got books and all this stuff. What's kind of your, your passion and your goal with everything that you're doing? I mean, right now I, I'm working on a few other things that I'm hoping to uh, at least plant the seeds this year. Um, I don't really want to get into it yet just because, you know, I don't want to. Are you going to drop it here it. on Wise Guy Talks when you get ready or the Demon Show? Absolutely. Who's going to get it first? I love it. I love it. I mean. I open the tequila no, you're, and you're, we smoke cigars on the lines. There so. you go. I know you're a salty old Marine now. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm afraid of salty old Marines, you know. See, we can just simply take out that mental adjective that you use, the OLD one, and just call it Salty Marine. I'm good with that. <laughs> I told him he um, sounds a lot younger on yeah. the podcast. Uh, this, this, my friend from California here, the first time he met me, he goes, oh, you sounded so much younger on the radio. <laughs> my Italian that words have a buddy. supposed to be a compliment. How, it, how the Italians say a fungu? Hey. Hey. So I will tell hey. you, I'm at the very end of um, watching... It's on Netflix, uh, Major Dad. Oh. First off, the show is absolutely hilarious. It was good. Um, you very much remind me of Major McGillis. Yeah, well, they actually, I, I tried out for that part. Did you really? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you you no. you real you remind me of Major McGillis. So. He did a good job in that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the Marines really respected him the way that. And uh, you cannot make that show today. That show is like one of the no most way. patriotic shows I have ever seen someone's gonna have to change one, think, one hour seen yeah. that one one um, hour four minutes it's worth it's worth I got a watching couple more questions okay fine. unless you really want to know go. the interesting thing about this guy is look at the pile of notes that he <laughs> goes off of i mean i'm over here going yeah you know and he's <laughs> got a computer <laughs> ipad going back and forth. I, i've got like four different things here and then people whisper things to my ib you know but he's got nothing so i don't i have no idea where he is in this whole interview I, it's it's fun it's just uh we're going all over the place uh well, since since guns are your thing, and I'm you know newer to guns, only a couple years here. What uh, talk to me about some of your favorites and some of the guns you really like? Oh God, um, so I mean favorites that I own, favorites that I want. Let's my do both. Okay, so my favorites that I own is I actually have a custom Glock 19. There's a company out in San Antonio called Defcon Three, and my buddy owns it, and he did a. I mean, it's it's just. It's a Glock 19 Gen 3, and I've got a fluted barrel from Fax and Firearms, so it's threaded also So for my suppressor, and it's Cerakoted, a battle-worn bronze. It has my logo on the grip. I mean, it's just a, 
it's just a killer gun, and he did such a good job at DEFCON 3. So based in San Antonio, go look him up. Guy does mind-blowing work. So that's really, like, my favorite gun I own just because it's my gun. Um, but I'm in the middle of building a 300 blackout. That's going to be pretty killer once... Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> um, you know, a bunch of subsonic rounds, and I'm actually going to... Um, I'm actually going to make it into a short barrel rifle. So it's going to be a suppressed SBR, which is going to be super fun to shoot. Uh, but in terms of like what my real favorite guns are, I mean, I mean, my favorite gun of all time is an MP5. Um, if I had the money to get the license and to get a full auto MP5, I 100% that would be the first gun I'd get. But, you know, I, I am looking to get a, a Have you shot semi-auto. One? Oh, absolutely. I shot... Every yeah. every version, short, long, suppressed, not suppressed. That's the three hundred eight, right? No, it's the nine mil. It's oh. the one that the SAS used. That made very, it it, w- it became very popular with the SAS, um, especially during the Iran, uh, uh, thing. Yeah, in England. Okay. What was it called? The Falk- Falklands. No, no, no. The the, the hostage situation oh, at yeah. the Iran, Iranian embassy yeah. in the late eighties. Yeah. Um. So that that I, I love the MP5. It, it's nine millimeter. It's a rollback system. I mean, there. If you're, I'm a righty. I can hold that gun one hand and in my left hand, and there's zero recoil. So like an Uzi type ish. Um. Bigger than an Uzi, uh, but we can look at a picture eventually. Yeah. But uh, it, it's my favorite gun of all time. Um. I know by the end of the year, I do plan on buying myself a Marlin lever action. It's their dark series. So it's not, you know, there's no walnut finish or wood. It's all uh, black. And then you take the front off and you put like a rail on it and make it almost like a tactical lever action. Mm. It's just, it's it's something that I don't need that I just want. (laughs) So, um, but truth of the matter is, uh, I kind of like anything that goes boom. Um, (laughs) How about Tannerite? Okay, so you want to hear a great Tannerite story? Oh, I, we all got them. Okay, hold on. You're not as good as mine, I promise you. <laughs> all right, I have a good buddy of mine. See, after 105 is when all the magic know, happens, guy, just so you it's know. It's kind of like midnight. That's it's a witching right. hour. That's right. <laughs> so I have a really good buddy of mine who lives in Tyler, Texas, and he's got property and like literally right outside his backyard. He's got like a 500-yard range. Um, and we went out there, and he's got a few different... Uh, Instagram accounts and one of them is like 1.2 million. I mean, like the guy's, wow. yeah, guy, big account. Anyways, his name's Gun Badassery or <laughs> Military Badassery or the last one is Mr. Gun Official. So the guy, the guy's crazy. I, I love this guy to pieces. He, he's great. And um, I went to his house with a few other friends and I brought my California license plate. Oh, I told you about this Did guy. You blew it up. I saw the video. You saw that? Right, so, yeah. right. so well, I, I want a video of that. We're going to cut right. that in. So, so I, I'll send you the video. Yeah. Um, so I literally, uh, 125 yard shot. We took two canisters of Tannerite. We put my license plate uh, kind of you know, lying against it. And I know I have to say this because if I don't say this and he hears it, he'll give me total crap. He actually messed with the scope so that. I wouldn't hit it because <laughs> he wanted he wanted my custom Glock 19. So he said, if you don't hit it on the first shot, he gets my Glock 19. So he messed with the scope without telling me. I am so talented 
I still hit it on my first <laughs> shot. Right? I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm a horrible shot that I hit it or whatever it is, but I hit it on my first shot, and uh, it was great because you it blew up and. We went to look for pieces, and now I actually have a, another buddy of mine uh, cut out a piece of wood to make it look like the tech, make it look like Texas. Right. And he actually uh, uh, mounted the top part of the license plate. It literally just says Caliph. That was like the top left part of the <laughs> license plate. And then I have the second license plate that I also brought to this guy's house, and I just went like all bam, bam, bam with my AR. There's a bu- bunch of bullet holes in it, and it's like hanging up. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I, I got. I've got two. Uh, real quick, I'll I'll shoot them. That's shoot pretty them awesome. I got a lot of friends that have uh, problems with pigs on their ranches and whatnot. And uh, one of them, he had never shot Tannerite before, and he has a blackout. And uh, so I go, well, we're gonna spice this thing up a little bit because I'm gonna go get a gallon of diesel fuel and stick on the top of it, and I'll take my drone fly over the top of it. So uh, he takes his time, and I think we're maybe fifty to sixty yards away, something like that. And so when it goes off, you know, I felt, I mean, first of all, you hear the blast, then you feel the blast, then you can actually feel the heat come off the diesel. And my drone's sitting there recording the whole thing, and I'm watching this freaking mushroom come up and come up, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the video feed goes off. Because oh. it burned up my damn drone. Oh. And as if I didn't learn, as if I didn't learn my lesson, we are down in um, San Saba, at Buddy Mine's Ranch down there, and he's got a big pig problem. And uh, I said, well, I got this great idea on how we can not only kill a pig, but we can skin him and cook him at the same time. He <laughs> <laughs> goes, how are you going to do that? So I'm going in my car and pull out, you know, I've got a pound of tannerite, and I got about a gallon of diesel fuel. And I, I said, we're going to sit that out there by your deer feeder. He goes, you're not going to set it too close to it, are you? I go, nah, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And uh, this this old lame pig comes hobbling out there and you know, we shoot a round off at it and we hit the Tannerite and, uh, you know, the deer feeders are like on three legs. <laughs> One of the legs goes, bam, <laughs> fell like the Eiffel Tower and the frig, uh, the pig, the frig pig, the pig was just instantly, uh, atomized. I mean, it just tore to shit. And, but, but I was sitting here thinking about your license plate. There's nothing like sending 300 razor blades off from an explosion at 400 miles an hour. I mean, what possibly could have gone wrong? I mean, would that have not been ironic if one of those freaking uh, license plate shards that have come back and <laughs> we were revenge safe. of California? Yeah, we were we were at a safe distance. Yeah, how far were you? 125 yards. Yeah, 100 yards is if anybody's going to do Tannerite. I mean, there's been one guy shot a uh, refrigerator door, door. Yeah, and I the door that. missed him by like inches, wow. but it passed him doing like 200 miles an hour. They they did the camera feed on it. He was 100 yards away. I know. I think he was closer than that. I think he right, was right. But like, also, like we we you know you know the Tannerite comes in like the little jars, like the like the little. Ah, uh, we don't mess. This is Texas. That's California Tannerite right there. Right, we but don't so mess so right. well, right, but you know what I'm talking about. Right? I do know. Right? What you're okay, talking so about. so that's what I we use. It. Right, it wasn't like yeah, we, to mark a target. Right, we we, we didn't actually yeah, use like go, the big vats of Tannerite. Right, it was go just, big or so go So we right. Well, now we like blowing out shit and leaving big holes. I mean, I but I shot C4 in the Marine Corps, so I'm I love doing this stuff. Another guy hit a lawnmower and the blade came off and hit him in the arm. And uh, pulled his and cut his arm off. Is wow. bad news. So that's all I got. All right, I'm not messing with Tanner. Right well, spe- speaking no, of Tanner, right? so yeah. right. oh, we, 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 we got we got to go out the three yeah. of us. Yeah, let's do. We got we got to do something. Cool. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot let's of fun. Do. That'd be a lot of fun. Let's do. So, Huda, are we missing anything? Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you are passionate and into that we need to that we need to mention? It's got to be PGA, by the way. 
Really? <laughs> I mean, I just I like. Oh, he pulled up Jew porn. Or what was I didn't it? What say was that you did, dude. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think we're good. I know. I, I like. That's it. a good website. Jew porn. No. <laughs> Guy, you guys kibbutz because I'm out of this one. <laughs> did we cut? Co- we we covered everything, huh? Where where are we? I'll, here, I'll ask you about this prediction on because uh, you're a big two A guy, right? So prediction kind of on the country and direction of gun rights in in the U.S. Well, right now gun rights are definitely. I mean, although they're getting hit left and right, uh, gun rights are doing pretty well in the country right now. Um, we're still fighting. Uh, you know, we're still going up against. ATF. I don't know if I can say the. I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but you know, gun rights as a whole. How are they going to be in trouble? Well, I don't know. The Alphabet Boys and you know. I care less. All right, there we go. So yeah, you know, we're you know the gun rights community is definitely fighting day and night against ATF, FBI stuff like that. People who want to try to take away our gun rights, but overall, we're doing pretty good in the in the battle. So. We'll see what happens. So we're pretty good. We just got to make sure that uh, Beto O'Rourke goes nowhere near Texas. And uh, I, I think we need to get him a skateboard now that he's like seven years old or maybe break a leg. Or I saw your response to him on uh, somewhere. You posted on Instagram. What did he put on there? He's cute. I'm voting for him. <laughs> well, you know, I have a, I have a, one of my books that I wrote. It's called 10 Little Gun Grabbers. And kind of, you know, makes fun of people who want to grab our guns. And the book is the first page. When you open it, it says... Hell yeah, we're gonna take your AR and AK. Right. And it says Beto O'Rourke, and under that it says Malone LaBay, American People, 1776. On. So well, he's got no chance of getting elected here in Texas, right? None. Uh, None. Who, you know what? It's just a Cruz really put out a, a feckless right campaign last time. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna look. You know what? Never say never, just because. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, we would be surprised with so many people moving here from California. Mm-hmm. And it, like you know, look, I pray to God it's not. Um, if he's also running on a gun campaign, Texas is you know incredibly pro gun, so that can hurt him. But at the same time, um, never say never. Yeah. Speaking of never. All right, guy, give us the going walking go. away. What's it called? Yeah. Going off music, like at the Oscars. Bump out. Yeah, he's, he's called a bump he's out. Us the bump Yuda, out. thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Danny. Thank you so this much. Is fantastic. Thanks, Yuda. Had a ball. We're out of here. <laughs>